Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. Yo, <laughs> I feel like this is actually one of the few days I've actually enjoying it. Yeah. And actually said, wow, it's a beautiful day. Because yesterday was a beautiful day too. It's all it's all up here. Yeah. Um, but today I'm actually enjoying the day. And I'm just going to, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. I put a lot of pressure, which is good. You know, it keeps you, at least for me, <clears throat> just keeps me not from being stagnant. Because I didn't take the regular route of life in terms of just going to college and mm-hmm. so it was just all me out here um so yeah i try to keep myself going but today was good i enjoyed yeah. the day not too much pressure i'm just trying to find this balance man yeah and enjoy the journey at least that's what i tell myself yeah yeah no. how was your day though uh pretty good i i uh so i started um i started lifting Lifted okay. weights like um, back in January. Okay, with the My deadlift specialty. and the squat. Yeah, your specialty. That's Indeed. why I mentioned it. I started with the deadlifts and the squats. Technically, I started a year ago mm-hmm. with calisthenics in a park. Perfect. That's what I do. That's what yeah. I did today. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I right. love using gymnastics rings. I'll, I'll set them up on the branch of a tree, mm-hmm. and just like zen out. And I today was funny because I didn't really make it about sets and reps. This kind of move. It was just more about moving mm. and enjoying. The training. Yeah. So I would just kind of hang there with two hands and just kind of, I had no music. I was just using one ring. I wasn't doing like a ring dip turnout. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I was just like hanging there. I, of course, I did some stuff, but it wasn't no structure. It was just like a, like a flow like this. Yeah. 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 But continue. Calisthenics. Yeah. Is- well, I, yeah, I did calisthenics. Um, and my, I feel like my exercise journey was rebooted because I was locked up because mm-hmm. like I, I I ran track in high school mm-hmm. and I was athletic pretty much my whole life, but I wasn't like a football player. Really. I wasn't really a basketball player. Mm-hmm. I was into individual sports mm-hmm. and then, uh, I just stopped basically. Yeah. <laughs> I just started studying only. Mm. And then, uh, <clears throat> then I ended up getting locked up and everyone of course is doing calisthenics with like drop sets or supersets because mm-hmm. there's no weights mm-hmm. and nothing else to really do, but manipulate your body weight. Yeah. And yeah. it's super like, I feel like, you know, there's a way in which you can get in tune with your body when mm. you're starved for other things mm-hmm. because you're like, Hey, th- I'm getting a real response. Indeed. Like there's almost like even reading is more fun when there's nothing else to do. And you're like, Oh, this is actually like yep. interesting. No wonder people read all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people were just telling me, you know, hit the bar, hit the bar, meaning pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I wasn't strong enough to even do a pull-up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got it in my head. Like, Hey, I actually want to get good at this, mm-hmm. you know? And then I did like a whole year. I was on uh, Soylent at the time. I don't know if you've heard of this drinkable food. Oh, is this the no <laughs> this calorie? This is a different one. Oh, okay. Is this still like a all your nutrients in one kind of yeah. thing? Indeed. You know, it's funny. I've talked to a girl about this. I asked this specific question. Is that doable? And her thing was... No, because your body's still craves for that caloric density. Yeah. Like we need calories. Like the actual well, it has calories. Energy. It has calories. Yeah, yeah. It they they plan it out for a two thousand uh calorie thing, but that's the beauty of it. Mm. You just drink more if you want more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so it's like if you take this much, then mm-hmm. you'll get these nutrients and these calories. Interesting. But if you want to do more or less. So I programmed it for the protein content. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that goes hand in hand <laughs> with this guy who would say his, you can look him up online. His name is New Nominal Raw. You know, uh, 
a 15 to 1700 caloric deficit, only eating nuts, grains, and, uh, and like rices and yeah. stuff. Um, and when it comes to these th- kind of things, I think in terms of what happens when you get healthy is just the elimination of fat. I mm. think the act of being leaner, no matter what kind of diet you do, it will put healthier markers on the board. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, I think you do need to just listen to your body. Listen to your body first. If, for example, you feel like you really need to eat some fish, go ahead and eat some fish. Um, if you feel fine and this toilet is working for you, then, you know, with this holistic lifestyle coach that I follow, he would say that is your medicine for that time. He thinks yeah. every food is a medicine. And, you know, with this shit, bro, I just try not to get dogmatic about it because there's so much different shit. And it's just like, you know, what if I told you what I was doing right now, you'd be like, what the f-? But it's working for me, and that's the medicine maybe I need for myself right now. Does that make yeah. sense? Because and also there's, like what you were saying, there's the basics, and then there's the advanced stuff. Yes. And what a lot of people do is sometimes they try to, they're listening to advanced people. Mm-hmm. and But those advanced people are doing things, they've already done the basics. Mm-hmm. And the, like I know, for instance, a lot of skinny guys mm-hmm. who want to uh, gain muscle pay a lot of attention to bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. But to pay attention to what a bodybuilder says about what they did, like when they were like you, might be more useful mm-hmm. than what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like what they're doing right now is probably advanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, Indeed. Those techniques yes. might not even be, you know, right. very useful for you. Yes. Yeah. If you're not a good teacher, so this could be a bodybuilder. We all become teachers at one point. If yeah. you're a bodybuilder and you're not putting out, if you're not a good teacher pretty much so, um, that just creates bad karma because mm-hmm. not people are following what you say. You know, and it could not be good for them. But if if there's good teachers out there that, oh, I follow this person and I got their results. So, yeah, it just depends on who you talk to. Yeah, that's why I try to, like, you know, it's all about, no matter what, really, it's all about the fundamentals. Yeah. If you're not learning the I fundamentals, you're not doing anything. So, my biggest thing is form mm. when it comes to any yeah. kind of training. Form yeah. first. And I, I think form is, like, one of the metaphors in my life. As a quasi-athletic dude, especially running track, because I ran hurdles, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a forms right, yes, form race. absolutely. It's like form to me is like the center of what I mean by um, like a chef principle. Yeah, or that that metaphor is not just true for lifting. It's not just true for trying to be good at the piano. Mm-hmm. It's true for almost everything. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to get good mm-hmm. at. Anything at all. Yeah. At some point there's there there are mistakes that you can make. You can get sloppy. You can mm-hmm. slack. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it fully. You cannot mm-hmm. be fully involved. And and that's why people can't build on top of the last layer. Yeah. But when you have good form, like the metaphor of like, hey, let me try to do everything strong with good form mm-hmm. and focus on fundamentals. Yeah. That's one of those things that's just like, mm-hmm. it's true for everything. Yep. Yep. But it's so obvious in sports and in athleticism that it's like you can see someone lacking, slacking, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's human nature. Yes. We need to all, it's almost like, I told you I liked individual sports. Mm-hmm. When I hear the word form, I think of the battle against myself. Yeah. That's how it, that's what it looks like when I'm losing that battle. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do the bench press in a weird way or something. I see. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you feel that. You, you feel, feel that. it. You could see it and you can ignore it. 
Yes, you can you ignore. Can it ignore. You, you can, can ignore you can the pain teacher. Yes, I was going. Just, I just said you can ignore the pain teacher. Yeah, that's what um, this guy that I follow says. Like, you know, the pain teacher is going to show up in your life in the term of like headaches, muscle pains, and if you don't take the time to listen to your body, then that's when you know it'll really tell you something. Because then, boom, you try to bend down, and oh my. Yeah. Yeah. My lower back, my lumbar is, is, is fucked. My shoulder just got fucked. It's because you were ignoring the signs. So that's why I try to instill more body awareness form. And usually what strays us away from that is just this fast-paced life. Mm. You know, instant gratification is just our attention spans. Even mine, like, I, I can't work on a project sometimes without looking at my phone. I'm just like, no, I'm going to put 30 minutes on the clock. I'm going to zone the fuck out. And it's just like, you know, our attention span, our attention span suck these days. <laughs> so that instant gratification thing and not being yeah. present. And that's my biggest thing when I was just being present when I lift. Because you're training for life. You're not training. Because what happens when you get there? You're going to stop training, bro? Right, you right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> so train for life. That's like one of the biggest things I've been trying to instill right now. Um, I'm 26 right now. Mm-hmm. If there's, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but. Maybe it's the, what I went through through life, but I haven't luckily like torn anything. I've read a lot of books on fitness. I've like taken the time to just like really just kind of educate myself. And I'm not saying I'm the, the best, but back to what you're saying, back to the symbol, the fundamentals. Yeah. The fundamentals, yeah. they spread out into anything. Yeah. So, um, and just teaching those fundamentals and learning those fundamentals yes. is so much of the battle. Yes. Because and form not, is yeah. a fundamental. Form Back is, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Form yeah. is a fundamental. I agree. Yes, yes. That's crazy. I, man, uh, so, so I'm, I wanna, school, school's about to start. Mm-hmm. Just one more example of what I mean by form being like a powerful metaphor just for me. Yes, yes. Is um, what are the fundamentals of being a student? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to have good form? Mm-hmm. For me, one of the things I had to admit to myself this this just this past week is that I've had bad form. I've been cheating myself in a number of ways. Yes. That I didn't want to look at because I felt that it was making me weaker. Indeed. You know, but that I feel like that it keeps coming up in my life that hey, mm-hmm. you know, no matter where you get, there's always going to be some area in your life that you need to improve in order to move on to the next level. Yeah. And whenever I finally, you know, I, I my ego's gone and I Ooh, can finally ego. look at it, most of the time what I see is somebody lifting with bad form. Mm-hmm. Me. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, wow. No wonder I wasn't moving. For, look at what I've been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't notice this this whole time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's uh, that's something that I... I uh, it. it the idea of doing something correctly for life mm-hmm. to me extends so much farther than uh you know than than training oh, that absolutely. i'm glad you brought it up because i man i've been it, i feel like a lot of ideas connect sometimes when i'm in these podcasts absolutely yes and um, um having that awareness though is the starting point cuz we're all on the <laughs> This is the hero's journey. Just, let, let me admit, just to admit my own sheepishness. And yes, yes. Most of the time, I don't have the awareness. <laughs> mm, interesting. Well, it's there, but maybe not paying attention to it. Yeah. Not that I, I'm, I'm not what you're saying, but yeah, I could, I totally feel that. And the, the hero's journey, like I just mentioned. Um, hero's journey. The hero's journey. We're all trying to, there's always something. There's always something. There's something. 
there's always that next barrier. You yes, figure out this indeed. one, you get to the, but it's never, indeed. it's never just an open gate. There's mm-hmm. always just the next thing you've advanced to the next challenge. Yes. And, yeah. you know, having that awareness, this oneness that you've spoken of with the symbol, when you look even further back, it kind of becomes like you, be- you just become the observer on a lot of things. And then you start looking at the, all the dichotomies of life, life and death, which is the biggest one. The breath, the in and out. And it's, you realize, okay, well, I can continue to play this game and tell yourself, you know, deep down, maybe it doesn't matter. Or you could at the same time play this other game where, like, yes, it does matter. It does matter yeah. to me. And I want to live this life. So the reason I mentioned that is because <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about. The address between heaven, heaven and hell is in between your ears, in mm. your head, in your yeah. mind. So, um, in terms of form, in terms of the things that are come up, it's how you manage those things, how you manage stress. Um, let, for example, you said, you know, how, how do you be a good teacher? You're going to, you, if you have, if you're present in what you're doing in life, you've been like, hmm, I don't think this is working. This is no bueno. I think I may need to start going to bed early, like make some yeah. kind of structure. And maybe that won't happen for a while, but something will happen in your life to be like, okay, this has to change. You know what I mean? And that's just the, the journey. Well, actually, that brings me to something. I uh, So today, I only really did two things. Yeah, that's great. One of them was I worked out. And I finally, I think my squat's getting a lot better because I'm one of the people who had uh, lower back pain before. Oh, perfect. Squatting is king, queen. Yeah, yeah. Squatting is everything. Uh, it, was, it was bad enough to where I was going to do some squats last Monday. Mm-hmm. Lower down, I said, no, I'm not going to mess up my back i'm just taking the whole week off and then i did it this week and everything was fine indeed and i upped the weight and it was fine so perfect and let me say right now whether you want bigger arms bigger shoulders bigger traps you need to do squats Mm. because it produces that hormonal effect that actually makes you produce more testosterone which will actually allow you to put on muscle mass so you can't just be going in there upper body of course do it you know but squatting is the most primal, most one of the most global tension, global tension, tension throughout your whole body. To getting into a squat is is everything. So we don't squat yeah. enough. You know, since grade school, they've been making us sit down, sitting down in a, a restricted restricted position, a restriction of blood flow. So good job yeah. for squatting. I'm glad I didn't have to say it. You know, <laughs> squatting, squatting is key. Um, well, that was the weakness that I saw in the jail. Mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that people were building their upper bodies, but mm-hmm. because they didn't have the weights... To squat? Yeah, some people were squatting. Mm-hmm. Some people were squatting, and some people ran stairs, but that was one of the big weaknesses in most people's physique, mm-hmm. is their legs. They just yeah. weren't really challenging their legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to do so many squats, body weight, mm-hmm. to come to the equivalent of just you know, a weighted squat that mm-hmm. it's, 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 there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. Or people are getting jacked though. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh man. I, I saw two things happen that were uh, like crazy. Yeah. One of them was a super skinny guy and the other one was a fat guy. Okay. But there was a, there was a super skinny guy who uh, just committed to eating a lot and mm. working out. Mm-hmm. And he, Caloric surplus. Yeah. He, he was, he was never big. Mm-hmm. But he was like ridiculously cut within mm-hmm. within like three months, like ninety uh-huh. x. <laughs> but the fat dude was even crazier. This oh. guy was like six three. He already had the muscle. He he might have already had the muscle, uh-huh. but he he would like he was a part of a group that would work out every day, mandatory, mm-hmm. doing like some insane number of burpees. That's all they did. Mm. He was off the clock 
doing sit-ups, off the clock doing pull-ups. Wow. And I saw this guy, and he like I knew him when he was fat. Right. So I was like, you know, yeah, keep it up, I guess. But I remember at some point I said, wait a minute. Like you're a, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Like you are you're a completely different human now. Yup. Yeah. Yup. So his name was Grande. Shouts out to Grande. But hey, Grande. Uh, <laughs> so what I was gonna mention about that is if you this is one of those advanced things, you know, past the fundamentals. What you just mentioned were two people who obviously had two different physiologies. If you look online, they call this the ectomorph, the mesomorph, and the endomorph. Mm-hmm. The gentleman who was more prone on getting um, bigger, grande. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He probably had that muscle mass under that fat. And that's kind of what I've... It's, so you're never just one body type. It's kind of like a spectrum. You yeah. just have the qualities. Um, so he was more on the endomorph type, right? Um, he had that muscle mass. His thing was calories for sure. And the fact that he was doing burpees, you know, that's more like cardio. Yeah. You know, you're jumping and getting on the ground, doing a push-up. That's a lot of like, you're moving. You're, well, you're a lot of those guys were fat. That's what was mm-hmm. weird about and it that's to what me. We're, and that's I was what like, dude, you guys are like, why are you still so fat? Yeah. And yeah. you know what Grande said? Mm. The spreads. The spreads. What, 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 <laughs> what is the spreads? The spreads are like uh, they're like a, they're like a jail delicacy okay. where you take a top ramen soup and some chips and a bunch of other salty sweet things and oh. you mix them all together to oh. make some weird like super processed food. Oh, that is seen as like oh, well goodness. the 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 function of the spread is more important than the content. Okay, which is that it's a communal meal. Indeed. So if someone hands you a spread, that means that they consider you a part of their team. Wow. Well, yeah. don't be eating too much of that spread. You're going to get lean. Yeah, that's the thing. He said he ate the first one, and then he stopped eating. Because <laughs> he said, hey, I'm a part of the team already. I don't need to keep doing this. Yes, you know, exactly. I'm trying to lose weight. Exactly. So back to what I said about the calories, that quantity. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he said, I don't eat the spreads, man. That's the only difference. Perfect. But yeah. that's not true. He was being modest. He also was putting in work off the clock. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can't out eat a, a a training regimen though. If if you can do all the work all day, but if you don't take in less energy than your body needs, yeah. that thermodynamics equation definitely becomes a thing. But for your other friend who wasn't a caloric surplus, he just he ate right. Yeah, he ate. Yeah, nine times out of ten, what the ectomorph side needs more is you know that that caloric surplus, caloric, not, and yeah. not the bulking that you probably the mainstream bulking like eat whatever you want because here's the thing you have to be insulin sensitive meaning not spiking your insulin all the time by eating to put on muscle mass mm. so you do need to be in a caloric caloric surplus but not don't eat foods that may cause inflammation i.e. dairy don't eat <laughs> bread just all the time you know eat whole foods mm-hmm. the body has a lot of wisdom just let it do its thing you know what I mean um, but perfect. Yes. That is so training for your physiology is if you know how to can do wonders for you. Yeah. I'm on the endomorph side. I get muscle mass a little bit more easier than most people. But if I don't watch my dad, I'll get, I've never been, I've never seen all my abs. And oh, this is wow. like, this is like a goal that I want for my life. I want to see like all my abs. I want to get cut. Not stupid. Like, God damn, this thing is not eating, bro. <laughs> like, what is happening? Ooh, no, yeah. I'm not trying to do all that. I'm just trying to. <laughs> a lot of people say, a lot of girls tell me that that's not really what they're looking for anyway. A lot of the time. Man, fuck the women. I'm doing it for myself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, it's, it's. No, how no. I, I actually, I think I know. <laughs> Some part of me does it for the latest because, you know, Dennis be like, damn, no, he got the mask. You know how I feel about that? I think that it's good to have options. Indeed. I think that it's good to not do something specifically 
you know, because you want to be attractive, but mm-hmm. it's good to just maintain it mm-hmm. so that you always have options. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice That's, to have uh, options. Which is, it's a kind of in-between thing of like, well, I'm not doing this for you. Nah. nah. But in general, it would be nice if I was put together, mm-hmm. if, you know, so. Two things, two things. I wanted to talk <laughs> a little bit more about the ego, but I wanted to see if you had any more questions on like training and maybe uh, people have like basic yeah. Do Hopefully you have an opinion? I So when I started deadlifting, I was afraid that I was going to hurt my back. Mm-hmm. So I, I did the sumo. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, strong feelings about the sumo versus the conventional? Um, the sumo is safe. What the sumo does, it reduces the range of motion in the deadlift. So the range of motion is how far you have to lift it off the ground. Um, you know, it's not so much the variety stuff it's more about your consistency yeah and intensity and especially because i'm still a beginner i yeah. mean i stopped at the end of the school year and i started building up over the last two or three weeks mm-hmm. and i'm still not at the point where i stopped i see so i'm, I'm still not really pushing my limit i see it's yes. just so but so, in the long run i was thinking oh if it's better for your back then mm-hmm. i'll just go with that one i see yes <laughs> yeah well it is about protecting the spine first always but it's always about protecting the spine in terms of which one's better it's not there's not really one that's better as long but as... But here's the thing. I do two now. You do two what? I do the Romanian and the sumo. I see. I do the Romanian as like a supplemental thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't go hard. I just... It's like medium yeah. reps. I see. Yeah. What What I would focus more... I would actually focus on squats more. Squats? I do yeah. squats too. Yeah, And yeah. I do heavy and I do uh, some medium And you feel squats. safe off of that? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the deadlift. Because I'm never too heavy on the squats. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a set between six to 12 is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the deadlift, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The conventional is nice. If you can do a conventional deadlift, it's a pretty good res- representation of the squat, and it always comes back to squatting. If you can do a healthy deadlift with your spine neutral, shoulders and scapular retraction, you know, it's all legs in the deadlift. None of your back should be working. So when you see people, people, you know, a 1,000 pounds, 800 pounds, they're not using their back. It's it's their legs that's, like, bringing them up. You want to feel like you're jumping mm. um, in the conventional deadlift, at least. Um, and if you can do that, maintain um, a neutral spine position and get into a deep squat when your feet are a little bit closer together, which is pretty much a conventional deadlift, you should be all right. I've, I'll, I can show you videos of me. I'll deadlift like maybe four, four or five. And I'll just, it's like, I'm telling you, before I even go down to lift the bar, I bring my shoulders back as much as I can. Yeah. I go into scapular retraction because it's all about protecting that spine. Mm. Um, but in terms of, you know, which one's better, this and that, you know, just really enjoy the training. Train yeah. for life. Going yeah. back to that. Yeah. Uh, I also don't bench press. I only do dips. Nah, you don't need to. Yeah. Dips are great. Yeah. Oh, it blow up your tries. Um, there's ways you can make your push-up harder by just kind of leaning forward. Make sure your elbows are close to you when you do your push-up. Don't flare your elbows out to the side. That's the biggest thing a lot of people do. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot. Uh, what I tell clients is strength is about how much tension you're able to generate throughout your whole body, not so much um, how big your muscles are. So that's why I like calisthenics. It doesn't put you in a seated position. You're utilizing your whole body. Mm-hmm. Builds body awareness. Gets you freaking shredded if you're honest with yourself and the intensity of your workouts. And, yeah, anything that doesn't make us sit down these days is better. <laughs> Honestly, anything that just doesn't make you sit down because it, it's really yeah. it's, it's bad. It's, it's a lot of blame for a lot of the things, problems we have. It's a restricted res- re- position, a restriction of blood flow. Yeah. Blood has oxygen, nutrients. Blood has prana. 
what the what the Indians call like a life force, you know. Um, and something that I've observed looking at health is a lot of these diseases stem from a lack of blood flow. Mm. Um, so when, when you see like a stroke, a heart attack, a brain aneurysm, um, arthritis, um, tendonitis, these are the, the foundation. <laughs> the foundation yeah. of these diseases is a lack of blood flow, inflammation. Yeah. So that's a whole other topic, but um, okay. fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, let, let's switch the topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like to go over some philosophical things because... I think they're uh, very connecting, and everybody has something to say about them. Mm-hmm. But um, the first one is a good life. So what do you think um, goes into or is in your concept of a good life for you? Mm. Wow. A good life for me? Well, I think, <laughs> so this is me. I feel like to answer this question, I have to absorb some ego. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like, okay, I'm a male. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I can tap into the nature of I want freedom. So what freedom looks like in this environment is having financial freedom to do what you want. Right. Um, so the reason I say that is I feel like your environment dictates a lot of your ambitions, your dreams, and just how you do yeah. life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So because I'm in these circumstances and I'm navigating through life and I'm not going to commit suicide as I'm here, I'm just going to do what I love to do, which those two things are, you know, make music, dance, train. And I'm not going to think about the money, retirement. I probably should, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, what gets measured gets managed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I'm just, I'm trying to get back to the fundamentals. And if I can just be present more, I think I would enjoy that. If I could have healthy relationships more, I think I would, that's a good life. You know, give, giving out a good ripple effect. Yeah. So I'll, in terms of, you know, when I shop, I try to reduce my carbon footprint. And that makes me feel good. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a good life. I don't buy plastics. I mostly buy in bulk. You know, I try to re- re- reduce my my me as mm-hmm. much as I can. Um, so, yeah, I try not to be a, a, biggest, a bigger consumer. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of hurts because like the environment is in like in a crisis. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a hippie, blah blah blah, but you know, in terms of something like food, you know, I feel like I should know how to grow my own food, yeah, in a sufficient way. And I feel like I can't say I know how to do that. And there's people out there in the blazing sun, <laughs> like bringing me food. Yeah, I mean, farmer to the plate, but you know what I mean. And so I'm just so thankful for that. Thankful for that. And then when you buy. You know, kind of going off topic, though, but like supporting someone who's about that life too, kind of creates that ripple effect, a good life. Yeah. Yeah. But um, minimalism, Mm. good life for me. (laughs) Yeah. They say more money, more problems. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. How does Elon Musk feel? (laughs) We got to ask him, (laughs) you know. But then you look at Steve Jobs at all, all the money in the world. A lot of people talk shit about him. Did he enjoy his life? Probably. He had all the money in the world. And what did he die of? I think it was... Some kind of cancer, I think. Okay. And then, you know, so it can't be financial, yeah. you know. And then looking at Robin Robin Williams, this and that. Yeah. I've actually... This reminds me of something I heard in a previous podcast that um, something about 
they were talking about millennials and saying how like we just want to be famous and it's all <laughs> it's because of social media that's not fair yes. Yes. for us for us it's so much easier to be out there mm-hmm. that of course people are going to go for it right. you know it's not like they got to climb a thousand mountains all they have to do is take a picture of themselves or do something stupid on the internet and mm-hmm. then you're going to be recognized yeah so to say that everyone wants to be famous i think is unfair because it now why am i so sensitive about this ah, the sheep <laughs> the sheep well because i remember the origins of this podcast so i was um i went out i lived in alabama for three years mm. and uh most of my friends from high school to alabama i went to college for three years there so a lot of my friends live in alabama or they were involved in that world wow i'm from florida right right yeah, right yeah. okay and uh anyhow i ended up uh having a mental health breakdown i like came back to california and ended up getting arrested mm-hmm. i got out of jail and i'm in a city i don't know anybody my family's from pasadena i was in san jose at the time mm-hmm. and all my friends were in alabama and i was talking to people around me and uh we were all like everyone that i was in contact with had had like a criminal record they had a, a drug addiction, addiction issue, mm-hmm. um, no job, most of them, face tattoos, like a whole different demographic than mm-hmm. anyone I've ever been around, wow. other than the jail what world. What part of California were you in? I was in, yeah, San Jose, so oh, San Jose. Sil- yeah, Silicon Valley area. But it was because I had been socialized into that criminal addiction world, Wow! right? So I was living in a halfway house. So when I was talking to people... I was, you know, just being myself, hey, you know, what do you think about life? Same thing. I would ask these what's a good life to you? It's actually an interesting questioning. Someone mm-hmm. just got off a of heroin, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, wow, how can I share this with my old friends? Now, I could email them, <laughs> right? Uh, or guess what? We're in a world where you can upload to a central thing, and mm-hmm. whoever wants to tune in, they can tune in if Boom. they want. Yeah. Now, someone who's making the argument everyone wants to be famous would look at that and say, see, here's an example. Here's a kid living in a halfway house talking to people who are addicted to whatever who wants to be famous. But that wouldn't be accurate. Mm. Mm. I'm using a medium that didn't exist in their time. Yes. To do something that anyone can understand. Mm -hmm. Connect with my own friends. You know what I mean? People who'd never heard of anything like this. Yes. So... I think the biggest difference with uh, social media and a a lot of other things that we have access to is that you can kind of accidentally be famous Yeah. because when I'm talking to you, I also share it with everybody else who wants to know that that's possible. Yes. I have that option. I Mm -hmm. could have sent the email, Mm -hmm. but what if a third person wants to come in? That's a third email I have to send with a fourth person. If I upload it, that's one thing I have to do. Yeah. And now anyone who wants to tune in people, Mm -hmm. I didn't even expect Called me up. Hey, I loved episode 13. Yeah. Why? Because I, I'm using the the new platform yep. to not only achieve the goal I want, mm-hmm. but open it up. Yeah. This Why is the not? way of being open. The Openness is something everybody understands. Yes. So instead of saying, hey, this is about fame, why not say this is an openness thing? People are sharing things. Yes. This is love. Yeah. It's a way of showing love that's natural for us because we kind it's, you know, we grew up with it. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think that it's just a misunderstanding between the sharing and the promoting. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference. Mm -hmm. I think when you're trying to sell somebody something, that's one thing. Mm. But if you're saying, hey, 
you have the option and to look at this and you have the option not yep. to look at it. No That's attached. a different thing, but it's on the same platform. Yeah. So it's not it's yeah. not obvious that it's a different thing. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I think that there's two camps, not just one. There yes. are people who want to be famous. Yeah. But there are also people who like to share. Indeed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And sharing is a very natural human thing. It's not Absolutely. a failure of character. No. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, I think it goes back to like why 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 can why should that be a problem? Yeah. yeah. And this is a man who you know, he was very technical back in his day when I heard this podcast. He was a, a guy who was very um good with his hands in terms of technology in like the 80s or something. Back in the days where they didn't um um run credit cards when he ordered pizza. Apparently mm. he like <laughs> he like pranked <laughs> a school, pranked a school by running a bunch of pizza with a fake credit card, but they don't even run the credit cards until Friday yeah. and he always got expelled for that. So he was living in that time. Oh wow. Um and he was like, yeah, people don't he's his argument was like people don't want to work hard and get dirty. And it's just like, you know, people don't really have to. <laughs> a thousand diehard friends is is really all you need to live uh decent life a thousand diehard fans yeah. who would like support you buy your shit mm-hmm. little stuff like that like how much if ever if, if everybody wants to be famous why because everybody wants money yeah. we're thinking about the fundamentals again if you want money and how much money do you need it just you know all these little variables come into play but crowdfunding you know. too people don't even have to be your friend oh yeah you could just say i want to build this Mm-hmm. And if you think that should exist, then help me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful time we live. It's just a, a weird time. Yeah, I've heard Joe Rogan say that in his stand-up. It's just a weird time. And it kind of is because everything is just so well, out there. I have a controversial view on the weird times. but Oh, please. I, 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 wanna... I sum it up with PC culture. Mm. Now. What's PC? Just, uh, I forgot what it really stands for. Politically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, political correctness can be, uh, for me, I come at it more from like an intellectual point of view, mm-hmm. but political correctness can be a problem if it gets in the way of clarity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, it can be, you can create a situ a runaway effect where, um, you can intentionally make things really, really confusing so mm-hmm. that nobody can have any discussions anymore Mm -hmm. so a simple example of that is uh, you just change out variables so if i say every every time i see a bike i'm gonna call it a blue haha right and then Mm -hmm. then everyone starts to catch on and then you say well blue haha really is rubaba you can can set up a situation and and you can say and by the way if you say the wrong one then you're fucked and then it's like okay well how in tune are you with the people who are changing the thing yeah and if you're not then you're just left in the dust so then it it can get to a point where people stop riding bikes Mm. in the real world Mm. because of some shit that was in the (laughs) fake world yes and then it's like oh man you they switched out too many of the variables now it's like shit now, like, you know, this thing was okay. Now it's not. This thing was not. Now it is. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I guess you just have to keep up. Yeah. yeah. But, um, for some reason, that reminds me of the flat earth theory, flat earthers. Dude, that's powerful though, especially the way the mind works. Like, it's tricky. Yeah. 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 So one of the things that I, I, I mentioned Chef of X it has something to do with the relationship between creation and logic. Mm hmm. Uh, so when I did go to school, I was really into logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so logic pops up in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but not the rapper. <laughs> well, um, <Yeah>. one of 
uh, one of them is in uh, math um, and like the the physical sciences, like chemistry and uh, physics. Another one is computer science. Another one is the law. Mm-hmm. So uh, for whatever reason, when I was younger, I used to think, what is the connection between these things? Mm. What what is the fundamentals? Connection? Yeah. What mm. why, why is it like people use the word logic mm-hmm. to report? Oh, this is logical. What does that mean? What does mm-hmm. it mean for something to be logical? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a my summary of the answer after all my quests yeah, yeah. is that it deals more with um, deterministic cause and effect yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah. So that if this happens, this other thing happens. Mm-hmm. That's to me, the fundamentals of what logic is. Yes, yes. This reminds me. I didn't. So I can't say I made up this theory, but I kind of came to this conclusion of myself that you know no one has ever been able to prove that something happens because of something else right yeah well that's the tricky thing that's the tricky thing so even so so even if we say to this person to this specific person depending on who you are that's the thing about it let's say obviously you know we put the seeds in the ground and we see the plant grow and you know we have the sun, and this is why it's happening. But some guy in France wants to say, "No, it's because I fart at two p.m. That's why yeah. the plants grow." Yeah. And to for his life, for his mind, who's to say he's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't run an experiment, yeah, who's to even say? If, even if he saw the experiment just for this individual? What I'm saying, if he believes that, that you know, obviously this guy is a little bit insane, but yeah, um, because the mind is so powerful. Those little variables can just really fuck you up. They can really fuck you yeah, up. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's the problem is that when we're born, for whatever reason, mm. there's some things that seem to be more natural than others. Yeah. And that's one of Blame the things. The parents. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not the parents not necessarily, the parents. but like almost like a human nature problem. Ooh, primal? Yeah. Where yeah. really, if, well, let me put it like this. If you don't, uh, like I know some people, to get back to the weightlifting, some people say, I don't lift weights because I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, right? and please it's a, try. It's, exactly. <laughs> it's a bad argument because it's assuming that it's easy to do, that you could do mm-hmm. it with just by simply starting mm-hmm. lifting weights. That would all automatically lead you to looking like, you know, super muscular. But uh, so by default, you're not going to be that muscular. No. But if you put in a lot of work, then you are. Mm-hmm. That's that seems to be the way that logic is for us. Yes. That by default, we're we're not really that good. Right. But if we put in a lot of work, maybe you'll get better. Maybe. You know. Yes. Well, you will get better, but maybe you'll get to the point where you're good enough to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, I I think that a lot of the PC culture. Mm. or a lot of the problems I have with it. Mm-hmm. Most of it I agree with. I think mm-hmm. that it's uh, we should be sensitive toward other people's experiences in general. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the things... That's a I, fundamental. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, no way around that. Yes. Um, but that does not mean that every claim is equally, you know, uh, everything should be pursued with the same amount of... Let me put it like this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, the person who's having a problem is not necessarily the person who's going to solve the problem. Uh-huh. The solution to the problem is going to match the structure of the problem. Mm. So if you, 
if you have a, if you're having a problem mm -hmm. and you propose a solution, just because you're the one having the problem doesn't mean that your solution is the best solution. Yes. And that indeed. to me is something that comes from the world of logic. Absolutely. That it's like, listen, I don't expect everybody to understand, mm -hmm. but it's a puzzle piece thing. Yeah. You know, you may be the person who wants to put together the puzzle, but if you don't have the right pieces in the right place, boom, then it's not going to work. Nah, it's, bro. It's got to, it's, everything's got to fit at the end of the day. Bro, so, exactly. Don't ever get dogmatic. Yeah. That's why I was, as a person who's a learner, a, a teacher, a student, you know, I try to be both yeah. the chef and the sheep. Back to the yeah. symbol. There's no way around. <laughs> I think one, I think once you stop being open to perspectives, to that sensitivity, um, that's when you start dying. Yeah. Because now, you know. Well, not... I think that's the real challenge. Mm -hmm. The real challenge is how do we solve the hardest problems while being sensitive? Mm -hmm. yes. Because I think right now what people are saying is let's be sensitive at the cost of potentially not solving the problem. Mm -hmm. Or let's solve the problem at the cost of being sensitive. Yes. And um, there's got to be some way of, uh, of doing both within reason. There's got to be something. Mm -hmm. but, I, but, but unfortunately, to even suggest anything other than whatever's popular right now is just... That's one of the downsides to me. It's a PC culture. Yes, yeah. There's Doom no. It's popular. like we. These are the three options. Well, what about that fifth option over there? No, 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 no. We said these three. Yeah. It's like all right. Well, yeah. You know, it is what it is. <sighs> it's a tough challenge. It's a tough challenge. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of a book, which was probably one of the best books I've read in my entire life. It's a very short book. It's helping with all relationships. I think everyone would benefit from this kind of book. It's that kind of book. Yeah. It's called Nonviolent Communication. The basics as I know and use them. I don't remember the author, but if you just type in Nonviolent Communication, it's a 95-page book. And it just really puts things into perspective. And, and one of the most fundamental things we do every day, which is communicate. Yeah. You know, giving the space to someone to speak their mind, being present with them, speak, you know, have that sensitivity that you talked about, you know? Um, so yeah, that reminds me of that really freaking good book, Nonviolent Communication. Yeah. Yeah. It's another day. What happens after uh, we leave this experience? You know, we're living, we get to like 96 and then boom, something happens. Ah! Then what's, what's, what's going on there? Are you talking about death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's funny. This guy, Rudolf Steiner, whatever. This is the last thing that I've heard when someone talked, brought up death is that when you, the first thing that happens when you die is that you get surrounded by people just like you. Mm, you and told I'm, me that before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I keep thinking, I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> How many of them? <laughs> uh -huh, right. And then when did I get out of that? So that's, that's like the conclusion I came from it. Like it would be just the way you got before you came here. Mm -hmm. That oneness, you were everything, but you forgot apparently. Yeah. You forgot that you were. That you are the Brahmin. That yeah, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no word for it though. That's the thing about Zen, and then the the absolute release, the void. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we got here, we must have been dead, right? We must have been dead. Yeah. By our current definition of right. death, we weren't in this form. No, no. Yeah. And death doesn't have to mean. It doesn't have to be something we put some, we, we don't put death in a box because you, you don't try to. You put dead people in the box. Exactly. So don't imagine <laughs> death as like blackness. You're, you're, yeah. no, you're everything. I so. don't even think a sleep is blackness. No. 
No, 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 man. Sleep is another thing. Well, how do you feel about dreams? What do you feel like dreams are? Yeah, I'm so over what people's interpretations are. You know, Carl Jung, one guy that I've kind of listened to, he says that dreams are a snapshot of your future. I'm like, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> what I do do sometimes is maybe if I see like a symbol, I'll like look it up, maybe get some interpretation. For example, I saw a snake in my dream. It was just a snake. It was slithering. It looked pretty big. Just a snake. Mm-hmm. I looked it up and you can type in like snake totem and what the snake means. Inf- inf- infinity, the death of something, the restarting of new. A lot of. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. but it's just like what the fuck does that mean yeah. what is my snapchat in the future of that so <laughs> i used to dream all the time wow now i don't i know that i'm dreaming but it's not it's nothing like it was before mm-hmm. i started taking medications wow. uh yeah yeah like back like maybe a couple of years back mm-hmm. and i think they might have fucked with my dreams okay are you on them now <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you're not dreaming I am dreaming, mm-hmm. but I just don't remember. Like, I dreamed last night. Right. But that was because I was out late and I was, I don't know, I had I had some weird energy. So are you saying this is like <laughs> a lucid dream? No. I just remember that. You know what it probably is? I always used to dream when I napped. Mm, yes, And me I too. take less naps now. So yes. maybe I'm still, maybe my dreams are the same. I see. But, I, I, see. I mean, pretty much a guarantee if I wake up and go back to sleep, I'm dreaming. Indeed. Well, yeah. Um, but also, if you're talking about any kind of mation from the pharmaceutical injury, industry and knowing the pharmaceutical injury, they're not for the people or their environment and maybe yeah. doing some kind of blockage to some kind of neurotransmitter that produces dreaming. They but, block the dream part of my mind. Oh, man. It's, no, I it's, just dream. I just had a dream last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, people say smoking weed prevents dreaming. And I'm just like, not yeah, for me. Not, yeah, yeah. It, I hated dreaming when mm-hmm. I was high. Mm. That was really scary. Mm, just too vivid, too. Too vivid, too much. Oh, I, yes. I just wanted to be awake. Yep. I just woke back up. <laughs> so I just waited out. Oh, man. So do you... Do you I feel like at certain times you have those dreams that it wouldn't, it's nice to believe that your dream is real. Cause for example, Maybe. cause for example, um, um, I make music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be an EDM producer slash DJ on like a relatively big scale. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be Diplo, blah, 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 you know? Um, and I would have dreams of like being in a studio or, um, visions of like performing yeah. i'll see my name on like a flyer just you know these little subconscious things mm-hmm. and do you feel like dreams have any connection with like the outside the waking world the waking quote-unquote waking world and yeah. i would like to believe like yes it's gonna happen this is all me bitch i don't give a fuck <laughs> you know because it's just like yeah so how do you feel about that like do you feel like yeah. it has a connection between the waking world any kind of connection yes yeah. I think the connection is that whatever's in your dream was in your head. Mm. And the things that were in your head in the waking world somehow creeped into your dream. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe like a subconscious thing, but it, it involves your real life. Right. On some level. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That reminds me of this new kind of, these new kind of eating principles that I just adopted. When I started this regimen, I had a dream that I met the guy who created it. Yeah. And I'm taking it, I was like, whoa. And like his wife had like a Jamaican accent, weird shit in the gym. I never <laughs> met his wife. And I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this is a sign that, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a bad dream. I yeah, felt pretty yeah. like, whoa, I'm, I'm meeting this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, maybe is, can I take that as a sign? I was like, maybe this eating regimen is for me, like this specific type of way of living. So 
Well, that would uh, support my thesis because, ah. see, you know the guy, you know the eating regimen. That's already in your head, mm-hmm. and then it shows up in your dream. Right, yeah. right. So it's so. just ex- kind of an extrapolation Ex- from indeed. wherever you already were to indeed. the next point. Indeed. It's funny, though. I've never been in a studio, really. I've never mm. been in front of I've been in front of I've done, like, you know, we're in Davis, California, Whole Earth Festival. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> I've, of that. Yes, I've performed, you know, at those, and that was pretty fun, but never, like... Um, like I want to do festies, just mm. chill, do like a festie, and like, yeah, that sounds like the life. Yeah, I don't want to make music into my job, of course, but I like to be able to create a demand enough yeah. that if I go somewhere, people are gonna come out and see me, and that's really all it is. That's dude, that's how I feel yes. about a lot of stuff. Yes, yeah. it's that it would be cool to travel and have fans in mm-hmm. a random spot. Right, right. That'd exactly. be so cool. So here's the thing that I wanted to ask. I've been asking a lot of friends to a lot of friends this location Mm -hmm. drake says you know you can do it from where you're at but let's say so i'm from florida where my mom lives in florida is a pretty rural area right Mm -hmm. man i'm thinking like yo i could just post up at my mom's house 24 7 music just try to perfect the craft put out shit you know eventually i'll get noticed or i could try to like split my energy and do half so right now i'm living in davis california i'm also a personal trainer which is not the worst job you could have yeah mind you um but i'm still like splitting this energy mm-hmm. and one of my friends will say it's like yo you're freaking california bro that's where opportunity is opportunity <laughs> no, say, yeah, I understand so that. my question is like what what do you feel like matters more i guess it's a little different for maybe if no yeah any kind of artist whether you're yeah. drawing music like how do you feel location i think plays you gotta get role. cameras yeah that's it and i think about the power of the internet yep and i'm like well you know i hear i hear you on the location but the internet no (laughs) honestly i think that if you work hard to have a presence over a year on the internet Mm. it pays off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you work hard if you really try to do everything right it'll pay off yeah so no matter where you are in fact where you are weirder the fucking place the better (laughs) For the internet. Yo. For the internet, Florida's way better than you. Yo, that's what's... Oh, you're that close to the deal right <laughs> I now? I think. I think. I like I that argument. Well, here's here's how I felt. Yeah. When I was starting the podcast, somebody said, you really want to start a podcast at a, you know, at this halfway house? And I said, I, my gut instinct tells me that this is the best possible fucking mm. place. Yeah, I get because dirty. Because even if I move to the burbs... I still started here. Yep. So I came up from here yep. to get to the burp. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Hey, It's the real no. deal. Exactly. <laughs> we out here, bro. We yeah, exactly. Here. Wherever you are, I think it's actually better. Uh, I think it's actually better to be from a place where people from here don't really know that much about it. Mm-hmm. Because then it's kind of exotic. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you're doing internet shit, I don't know how big people are on the internet in florida but it's got to be less than davis because mm-hmm. davis is like you know we're close to sacramento or close to san francisco right so i think there's that exotic thing that i mean here's an, a good example if you were in the himalayas that would be way better yeah doing Ooh. what you want to do Ooh, so i think that's kind of the way that i'm thinking about it is right like just i'm thinking crazy wild like you're in the amazon jungle himalayas Ooh, you're in sounds... the middle of sub-saharan africa or something but like you're doing stuff that people that appeals to people here. Yep. That would be cooler mm. than being here 
doing shit that appeals to people here. Mm -hmm. But the reverse is true. Mm -hmm. If you're here and you're doing shit that appeals to people over there, Mm -hmm. then that's dope. Yo, yo, yeah, making shit in Australia. Yeah, yes. Australia is always my go-to. By yep, the way. yep. My it's... go-to is like, yo, if I could go to Australia and people fucking yo. recognize the sheep or something. Mm. Oh, dude, that would be raw. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's funny. <laughs> I've actually worked with a artist in Australia. He does dance hall. Yeah, um, reggae. Shout out to SK Simeon. Mm. Yeah, uh, he lives in. Yeah, I thought he's from Uganda, lives in Australia. He's worked with um, Machine Drum. Machine mm. Drum is an electronic artist who mostly does does electronic stuff, beautiful stuff, a lot of beautiful patterns. Um, that's like my nearest. <laughs> that's my nearest attempt to get out there because yeah. you know, in terms of EDM music, it's pretty much nationwide. But you know, when you get to like the subgenres, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. who likes the dirty stuff though? Like who likes the the, the dubsteps and yeah. the traps and the very heavy bass aggressive shit? That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Okay. Um, I like house. I'm not saying I, I won't. I like to have variety as an artist, but um, it always goes back to. The, the, the thousand fans where, wherever that usually starts is where it's gonna kind of compound on itself mm-hmm. um that's what i've noticed in terms of like any industry like the things you do just kind of like layer up like an onion and then you look back and like oh shit i'm just kind of riding this wave yeah you know what i mean so if you start building one fan in australia then another one comes and another one and then Boom. yeah man yeah but the internet though the internet is fucking <laughs> insane yeah so one it's of- interesting um, argument i like i like yours though because that makes me want to just like go home all right i'm gonna post to my mom's house i'm gonna just freaking work yeah. on music no job no she would she wouldn't let me do that but if you're if you have the skill of personal training you can always have a job as a yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the fun thing about living out here because you know if i put myself in my mom's house that's gonna be a lot of like pressure i'm gonna put on myself like i gotta give i gotta be structured with it. i gotta give myself x amount of time this and that like i'm not just gonna like wing it Mm-hmm. Um, so out here I have to be more accountable to myself because I am on my own and I feel like that's good too because yeah. now you know I'm learning to be an adult I can I'm not putting so much pressure on music I can also just have another freaking thing which is personal training which is I think kind of rad yeah yeah it is yeah. and it probably enhances the music yes and I'm not bringing any girls to my mom's house you know what I'm saying yeah so, yeah. <laughs> so. No, I understand that which brings us to the last one what is a good relationship uh, an honest one an honest one yeah that's it yeah. whether it's your lovers friendship there's an honest one there's too much shit going on these days mm. and I don't have to think about that I don't have to like just just being present and honest yeah what else could there be if you don't want to be where i'm at then you can just walk away yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i was in an interesting little dilemma this summer because on one hand i was uh i've been talking to this girl for like over a year Mm -hmm. and we had a little agreement long story short she broke the agreement Mm -hmm. wham bam thank you (laughs) (laughs) ma'am now I thought, you know what, man? Fuck this bitch. Shit. But then I thought about it again. And I said, hey, you know what? Let me try to understand where this person is coming from. Oh. And it turned out it was much more complicated than my original reading. Mm-hmm. And I, it turned out that, um, you know, I said, well, I can be dogmatic about this. Ooh which is how I felt at the mm-hmm. time, which is, you know, again, fuck this bitch. Mm-hmm. But then like, I thought, what would it be like if I tried to 
carve out what I called the road to redemption. Wow. What would that even look like? You know? And what I had to admit to myself was that there was, at the present moment, there was no road. But also, I don't like that. I don't like that there's no way, there's no opportunity. I'm not giving somebody any kind of chance to correct things. Because I think if I were treated like that, I wouldn't like it. And I, if I violated an agreement, I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But under the certain circumstances, it was a little messy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, okay, let me... Let me think about, you know, what I would, what I would do and how I would handle it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started thinking about it, I realized that this person was actually doing a lot to uh, kind of keep things together Mm -hmm. and that there was a lot that I could have done to help things on my end. So then I said, okay, well, let me just, let me, instead of lashing out, let me try to be understanding and let me try to fix everything on my end. Because I didn't realize I was being sloppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it turned we out. We sloppy. It's yeah, good. it turned out I was doing a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, let me try to do this, you know, and just try to be a reasonable person here, mm-hmm. a kind person. And it ended up working out Boom. really well, man. A lot of attraction. Uh, yeah, to the point where there are aspects of our relationship now that are better than they've ever been before. Mm-hmm. And... um I just, I I thought that it was a very weird time for me because the whole road to redemption thing had had flipped on me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've spent a lot of my life complaining that other people have not considered some kind of some kind of a path. So mm-hmm. that you could get from a bad position to a good position. Mm-hmm. I've seen people do this over and over and over again in my life where they've said, you know, um, a silly example is who ate the fucking, who drank the last bit of milk? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it wasn't me. And they said, well, you did it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't me. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't even, you know what I mean? But they said, nah, from now on, you never get to fucking drink my milk ever. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, is there any chance I get to show you that that wasn't even me that did that shit? Mm. And now that's me, you know. Now it wasn't exactly like that, but yeah, yeah, I there, I just felt like, hey, you know what? Maybe this I can use this as an opportunity for growth. And uh, because of that, I think that, uh, yeah, when I now when I think about a good relationship, it is more. I almost want to say it's a little bit more nuanced than it was two months ago, mm-hmm. where. I was a very much, I was a hard line guy. Mm-hmm. Line? Line. This mm-hmm. is the fucking line. Oh, that's line. It. You fucking cross this line, bitch. It's over. It's over. <laughs> I hate you for life. I hate your ass for life. Dead. But now Fatality. I feel like if you cross the line, I want to find out why you crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And there's some reasons that I think are redeemable. Mm-hmm. And there are other reasons that aren't redeemable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also the consequences of you crossing the line matter to me now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, it could go this way or that way. If it Mm -hmm. goes this way, okay, well, I guess it's still an issue, but it'll be addressed in a different way. Mm -hmm. If it goes that way, no, now it's fucking, now I'm back to the hard line. Mm. (laughs) That is a very strong spiritual involvement. Well, I mention it because I feel like it's still unsettling for me. Okay. Because I like being a hardline guy. Yeah. And this is one of the things I like about logic. 
mm-hmm. is that it really is deterministic cause and effect. Mm-hmm. This happens and that happens. Mm-hmm. That happens and this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, two and two, four. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, really, it's like, you know, now there's more error bars in my view of relationships. I see. And I see it as as a growth, but I also see it as something that I haven't all the way settled into. Mm-hmm. So I see. I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel myself getting better, but I'm not comfortable in the spot of being more mature. I'm like moving. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of drifting, but I feel like I'm drifting in the right direction. Yes. And I do I like see that. it as a maturity thing. Well, I like that Because I realize it was a very emotional response. Yes. It wasn't actually Primal. that this is better. It was that I was angry. Yeah. And I, and I had a right to be angry, mm-hmm. but... I don't identify with that part of myself. I don't want that to be who yeah, I am. It becomes poison. Yeah, I don't want that to be who I am. I totally feel you. Because then I'm just like the motherfucker who blamed me for the milk. Yep, yep. And this goes back to um, having that awareness too. Because you saying like, hey, I don't like this. That's another example of, quote unquote, the pain teacher. Something you're just kind of uncomfortable with. And the fact that you're listening to yourself and you're like, hey, I don't, I don't I don't think I like this. And you want to do something about it. That is the beauty of life. That is reaching um, unconditional love, the Christ mode. They say like, you're not trying to be angry out here. Like this is a short (laughs) life. Yeah, You're just trying to zen it out. And, you know, you know, so they say, you know, Jesus Christ was not his name. Christ mode is like um, literally a mode. Like Christ means unconditional love. So, for example, if you ever see people with, like, the upside-down cross or, like, mm-hmm. 666 Antichrist, like, what they're really saying is you're, you're just denying yourself unconditional love. Mm. So, when you get to that point, when you when you always come back to that center and doing things, stuff like that, like, hey, I just want to be kind, not be from, not calibrating out of emotional response because of anger you know you want to feel validated yeah justified yeah yeah and it's just i have a right to be mean yes i have a right to be cruel yes you know exactly exactly so letting go of that and none of us are perfect letting go and that having the awareness that's the beat of life man yeah so i commend to all that but it feels like weakness often (laughs) yes 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 Uh, and then you let go of it and then you're in the next moment and then what does this moment feel like yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the, that's what this is all about. It's all just a dance. It's a really nice dance. <laughs> language is very particular. I feel like language also shapes our thought process. Well, of course it does. 100%. But you know how yeah. I said environment changes our ambitions? You know, language is, you know, yeah. But emotions are kind of more primal. So, for example, pride as an emotion. They say it's a, like a very low like frequency to be on you know you want to be calibrating on like more like love honesty like you want to let go of these things so it's kind of just kind of like you know as we evolve through life and as we get better as you know learning the fundamentals being better students better teachers blah 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 you're just kind of calibrating this this radio and where yeah. your mind is you know just going back to the address between heaven and hell between your head hmm. yeah Okay, well, I think it's time to wrap things up with hey. the most important question in the universe. Oh, the my most God, important no, question in the universe. <laughs> Three or two? Mm. That's interesting. So, 
if I have to choose one, does that mean the other one doesn't exist? Because I like you need two. In order to have two, you need three. So and two can know itself. But I feel like I want to lean towards that even side. But yeah, it makes me think of a lot of things. That's an interesting question. <laughs> three or two? <laughs> I feel like three is spicier. So I'm going with three. That's what I. That's what comes to my mind. Like. Three can mean what? Alternate, alternate dimensions? <laughs> what does three mean? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> that sounds spicy and possessed. Three. I'm going with three. Two sounds like, all right, I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen the polarities of two. I want to go somewhere else. I want to get neutral. <laughs> well, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thank you.